0: Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. And welcome to the Heater Podcast, back from our vacation hiatus. Uh, it is good to be back uh, talking baseball. Uh, there has been uh, some curious uh, and entertaining and not-so-entertaining uh, storylines that have broken out. Uh, Rob like Manfred does Rob Manfred things. Uh, and if you didn't like the first uh, oh third of the season, guess what? We'll have a brand new season for you with new rule changes that have completely changed uh, the year of the pitcher. And we'll find out how much in the next third, just how much that is. Uh, as we uh, dive into those things, we have teams that are surging, teams that are falling, and uh, looking forward to discussing all those things. This week, we'll be taking a break, actually for the next two weeks, we'll be taking a break from our normal uh, structured uh uh, process here, and we're going to dive into as kind of a, a recap as we get to, closer to the midway point in this this season. We're going to do a team-by-team analysis going from American League this week and National League next week of things that have gone well, what hasn't gone well, injuries to be keeping in mind, and any other storylines that we'll dive into as part of that. Uh, so that's going to be the process for this podcast and the one that comes after. we will again take a look at the American League this week, National League next week, and just from one week change, we never know what it's going to be with the Milwaukee Brewers. From week to week, they are a streaky team. There's times we're seeing them out in front, okay, things are good again, things are terrible again. Uh, the good, bad, very terrible season of the Milwaukee Brewers, that's pretty much the theme here. We'll find out how which one it ends on as the year goes on. But we'll take a look at that for you Brewers fans out there. Uh, but before we get any further, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say that The Heater Podcast is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, We are recording this in the midst of your uh, popcorn weekend, Uh, and there's lots of other festivals and things that are going on around here, and uh, it's good to uh, include uh, River Creek in your adventures uh, throughout the area and region. I had a couple people stop by by on the
1: way to Butterfest or on the way back from the parade at Butterfest in Reedsburg, and... Next weekend, I should mention right now, since I will not be around or we will not do one between now and then, but next weekend, if you're planning to come out to the Popcorn Wagon, do so Friday or Saturday because Sunday I have another engagement. Uh, I'm going to be installed at St. Paul's, so a new position. So we are closing the Popcorn Wagon, and come Friday or Saturday to get your popcorn.
0: Have you guys ever thought about going out to... uh to uh, uh for Butterfest? Because that seems like to be like a matchmate in heaven right there, right?
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, we were closer to going to their July 4th celebration. I think they call it Freedom Fest, but there's a lot of work involved in moving yeah. everything. It's it's it, it's it's the, it's not the, even the moving, it, it, that's part of it, but it's not even necessarily moving it. Like physically moving the wagon, it's moving everything out of the wagon to put everything back into the wagon to only move it again and move everything back out to move it again. So In just a couple of days. Yeah, it's like a it's a big process and business is good enough that yeah, gonna yep. gonna say no to that. I actually had a person. I don't know, sidebar: I actually had a person come to the popcorn wagon. I think it was maybe two weekends ago at this point and say, "Would you be willing to move it for?" They had a golden birthday party coming up. Oh wow! And they wanted to essentially rent out the wagon for the, a day. And she said, "We'll we'll pay you." And I said, "Yeah, but like <laughs> that's great, but I'm losing a Saturday's of revenue here, and I have to do all this work. So, thank you, but no, thank you." And she was she was very nice about it. But yeah, no, it's too profitable to move it that often right
0: now. So just have can't to complain. make a, you just make your your stops, grab your right. stuffed at Butterfest get it and on the way, bring it on down to uh, uh, popcorn or vice versa. So exactly, get it on the way. Well, we'll keep uh, those updates coming as we. Uh, it's nice to have festivals and things back going, so that's all all good stuff. So glad to have those things uh, back and running. How was your it, vacation? It was awesome.
1: We had to uh, talk your vacation. You've been we've been was, gone for a couple uh, weeks here, man.
0: Uh, there was a uh, propped up feet on the back uh, back deck overlooking Lake Michigan, uh, up in uh, in Door County, and uh, enjoying some uh, some sunrises. I can't believe vacation. Normally you sleep in, right? Except when you're on the uh, the sunrise yeah. side. And lights coming in by like five five thirty in the morning already. Ooh. Where I, I I'm up by about six thirty. As a, yeah, more was like a six thirty to seven guy. So it's it's a normally you think of more of sleeping, and it was up earlier uh, with it. Now all I did was go from lounging in one spot to lounging. <laughs> Just moving outside a little bit, pretty much. Uh, but it was a, a fantastic weather, like because I know it was around like ninety degrees here. It was like seventy degrees yeah, there. I was I was quite nice. happy. It's been warm around here uh, with that. Which the. Which the forecast does look good here for the I next that, seven days. I heard yeah. It's going to
1: uh, be cold up there. I'll need to bring a sweatshirt. Yeah. Now I'm going away for a few
0: days, not quite as long as you, but I'm gonna going to be gone for a few days, so I'll probably bring a sweatshirt. To anyone who's had to hold off their vacations or things over the last uh, 12 to 18 months <laughs> here, uh, enjoy it this summer. If you can only get a chance to get out and do it, uh, uh, enjoy uh, Get a chance to take those that vacation break. I forgot to. We haven't even. I haven't talked. We talked about some of this beforehand, but how was the baseball games? That's right. You went to two baseball games. I haven't even yeah. seen you since then. So we have the, the re, uh, reporting to do. I was uh, on location for uh, both uh, the Milwaukee Brewers uh, a game and then Chicago White Sox the next day on the back to back. That was my uh, doubleheader That's for the right. weekend. And uh, it was nice to be back uh, at the park. And How did uh, it feel social distanced? Can uh, you tell? Not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's a. Uh, everything feels back to normal. Hmm? Uh, and. Uh, uh, again, it was it was nice to be there, and for the Milwaukee game, I sat 15 rows up from home plate. Uh, I could see the bend on the pitch uh, for Woodruff, and that was a wonderful thing. Did they win? Uh, they did win. That's right. Uh, and That's right. Uh, I think good. three or four home runs were launched uh, nice. in that game. Uh, what was close became not so close by the end in a good way, and uh, so it was nice to see that. And then it was White Sox-Tigers the next day, right? Who yeah. Who and, won that uh, one? Uh, uh, White Sox won that one. Is a pretty, I think, like five to one or something. They're like a good that. team. We'll so get to nice that. They're a good see, team. To see them, so I was seeing two at the time. Anyways, two division winners over the course of back to back games, both for NL Central and AL Central, and it's nice to to do that. My first time at the, I always call it U.S. Cellular Field. I know it's a whole different name yes. now, but for the White Sox field, there, nice ballpark overall within it. Uh, I hear that the parking is bad. I've never been to that one. Didn't have an issue uh, uh, with that. We actually got in pretty pretty decently, uh, so that, that turned out very nice. And uh, I know I'm uh, this summer it'll be easy to hang out with friends or reconnect with people by going to the parks, so I know it's going to be easy excuses to go to the game, so looking forward to more this summer. Absolutely, yeah. I had, I had a friend who was, said he was going to Minnesota, so I have to get. To, I've never been to that park. I've never been to Target Field. Beautiful park. Uh, was there once uh, seeing the the Rays against the the Twins sure. had front row outfield tickets uh, for that. Nice. So I got there early for for batting practice. You don't have to fight for a spot. Just got to go to your seat. Caught a home run ball uh, that way. Uh, so you know who it was. Oh no, I don't remember who hit it. No, I, uh, I don't. Got to keep that, man. But it was, uh, it was a fun pretty cool one there, and had one of the Rays players toss another ball up uh, nice. uh, with it, and so I gave it to the kid that was sitting next to me. So, what a good guy you are! Every what a now good and then. guy. don't let the word get around. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, as we look at Major League Baseball, I guess we should first ask: Are there any like? Do we want to cover any storylines at first overall, or just dive into the teams and pick it as we go? Because I know we'll grab it as we go too. So up to you.
1: Oh, we gotta. We might as well talk about the big one here, right? Let's do it right off the top because yeah. everybody wants to talk about it. So I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like, there's so much to talk about here. So
0: we Can have we talked start with Rob Manfred's an idiot. Would yeah. that be the best way to start? We it? could start with that every day. We could have
1: like a segment. True. We could have a segment on that. But
0: we have that's talked. Also, that's our that's our uh, Pittsburgh positive moment. <laughs> we had to start having that. You're uh, better than Rob Manfred. Manfred's more uh, Manfred's, Manfred's, Manfred's
1: uh, moment. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So we've talked foreign substances since. Beginning the off season. season, right? Yep, it like was Right before the season. And before the season started, Rob Manfred said they're going to crack down. And we mentioned maybe Trevor Bauer turns in a bat or turns in a ball, a glove. Who knows? Maybe Garrett Cole. Because we we spin rates are extremely high this year across baseball until the last week. And we'll talk about why in a second. But it was clear that something was being done as far as sticky foreign substances and the thing is, it's been done forever. There are players in the Hall of Fame that have used sticky substances. And so now we've hit a point here where Major League Baseball has determined, essentially, that pitching has gotten too good, and maybe that's true. It's, it's been really high this year, right? But now Rob Manfred has unilaterally, I guess, sort of decided that now is the time that we're actually going to crack down on this to the point where it's already pre-negotiated. Like, it is a rule. It has been a rule for decades. And so, as far as the collectively bargained agreement is, if you get caught, you get... I heard you see people like Charles Barkley complain, like, oh, they're not going to do it. Well, he can't... He's not jury judge. Well, he tries to be, but he is not actually, like, the guy who gets to make the rules. It is already in place. Like, that rule is in place. So, if you get caught now using a sticky substance, you get a 10-game paid suspension. And, yeah, it doesn't sound very deterring, but... He can't change that.
0: That's a contract. So that's a CBA thing, which yeah. is also that'll lead into secondary issues uh, from this. But the here's the thing. Let's go back. We t- mentioned year of the pitcher. What happened the year after the year of the pitcher? They lower the mound. Yes, they did. Yes, so, they so when you had a major thing happening when when the the. The scales are tipped in one direction. You'll have a, some sort of rule modification or something to put the balance back in because you need that overall in the game. And there's and those things need to happen. So no one is questioning that when it gets like this, that there's going to be a, how can we make things a little bit more uh, competitive uh, and then also for helping out for the the popularity of the sport. Uh, eventually, these one to nothing games or all these perfect games, and stuff—you so lose the luster of what a good, what a quality pitching matchup is if this is a more common thing. So, overall, premise makes sense. It happened even after the year of the pitcher, as that's glorified by Bob Gibson and all the others that were part of that. You had a rule change that took place immediately afterwards. So, the fact that this is coming—that's not the issue. The, the fact that uh, there is pitchers who are now using substances and have let this get uh, so out of hand. That And you saw it It got so out of hand that you have players now breaking ranks that usually things that are kept in-house are saying it publicly. So that lets you know that it's becoming that much of an issue that players are speaking out about it. And there's there's numerous articles on The Athletic I remember reading about players uh, putting their hand on the ball and then lifting it up without actually holding on to it. So yes, this has gotten out of control. It needs to be reined in. Even uh, even pitchers will agree with that. Garrett Cole's famous uh, non-answer in, in the process uh, was still like, wow, you could not have missed. <laughs> Go ahead. Sidebar <laughs> a second
1: here. I, before, we're going to talk Garrett Cole. Do the Yankees not have a PR department? How, he has to be told. Like,
0: how Yankees. I know this question was
1: ex- coming? Seriously. Idiot. Like, okay, I've heard that Garrett Cole's not the brightest guy. Like, You have an amazing right arm. Like, Who cares how smart you are? You're going to make a bajillion dollars. Do the Yankees not have a PR department that tells, tells this guy, Here's what you say. Like say this just or bust, say no comment.
0: Just bust out your note card yep. and just read it verbatim even. That would have been better like, than what, <sighs> what he did there. I so I felt I, bad like I felt bad for Girkle. I'm like, dude, y'all are embarrassing yourself up
1: here. And stop and talking so, pretty much. Just, like, just like, stop just talking.
0: talking right now. So yeah. Say so, next question <laughs> and, and move on. Like that even that makes more sense. Anyways, with, within this the, the problem is not having it that it needs to be done. Many pitchers even say, yes, this needed to be done. The question is, as always, as always, the the challenge here is Rob Manfred's manner that he does this. It's not that the rules needed to change, but this needed to happen in spring training. Pitchers needed to adjust as as we monitor spin rates and as pitchers get used to that. That needed to happen early enough before the year began, before there was a real pitch, a real pitch of, of a stat that counted that mattered that's when it needed to happen and then you also needed to have what is a substance that needs to be banned and what isn't uh sunscreen is not something that needs to be banned no nope. sticky tack the the, the tack that's spider tack thank you spider, spider tack, tack so if that been... needs to be so so I, I again you need to distinguish between the the substances is the second part because then now you have, uh, because of the the ball changes that you've made in the past uh, couple of years and how the uh, the gap between the seams ha- have taken place, it messes with the pitcher's grip. Uh, and so now players were trying to get something just easy on the grip. And then you leave this mass confusion of these things that are coming. You put all this together, and then you have Tyler Glass now, who other players spoke out before this, he is the one that has caused the biggest ripple effect. It was already on ESPN on their top news headline the minute after he, the quote went public that he blaming the rule changes for why he could potentially be needing Tommy John surgery 2 starts after the changes happen. Yeah, we, have to, we we'll talk glass now first. I'll go back to some of this other stuff, but so
1: glass now He's, he, he said he was using the stuff, right? And he basically said, it's it's around baseball. So Using, like, sunscreen, yeah, not, yes, the, not sorry, the spider not, tech. Not the super t- spider tech. And so spider tech is basically, it's used for a, a variety of things, but, like, wood sealant and wood pers- pers- preservative, and it's extremely grippy. I saw, you can see a video online where people are lifting up, like, cinder blocks without closing their hand around it because it's that sticky. And so it's very dangerous. It, it can cause big muscle problems because stuff is like your muscles are only supposed to hold up to some extent. And if not, that's why they let go. It's not to hold on and rip it off. So spider tech is dangerous. Uh, players have been using it. it's their choice, but it's illegal. And like I saw the one Trevor Bauer just came out with a video a few days yes. ago where he was using legal substances. So there is a rosin bag, right? It's whatever reason i don't know how i never touched a rosin peg. i don't know how sticky it really is but that's a legal substance that they can use but he said all i did was spit or no sweat maybe which is you can't prevent sweat right it's gonna happen and mixed it with rosin and i saw him palm the baseball and that's with legal substances so you just got to go ed
0: harris and put a little jalapeno on your nose and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, just a little, little know snot a, ball. you could get that extra snot running
1: <laughs> out there yeah <laughs> Whatever reason, Tyler Glass now has stopped using, which is which is fine because that's what they're supposed to do now. Stop using, but he said he came out in his thing and he said, you know, I, I he even said I realize I'm six foot eight and I throw 100 miles an hour. Because if you told me, I said we were talking beforehand, if you told me Tyler Glass now needed Tommy John surgery before the season started, I said, yeah, that sucks. But he's not been a model of health ever, and players don't really throw that hard, right? Like he throws exceptionally hard. So yeah, it's certainly possible that he would have had Tommy John surgery anyways. But it can also be possible that this sped up the process because that's basically what he's saying is, guess what? Suddenly, I have to grip the ball. Minisculely different, like I. But these are professional athletes, so they can tell the smallest that of things
0: makes a difference. Yeah, yep. the
1: smallest of things can can change that. And he said, I I blame that,
0: and I'm not one to call him a liar, so I'm going to say I, I can believe that he's right on that. Well, and you have I forget which uh, which player it was, and I'm sorry that I'm not remembering his name. Uh, but he said, okay, you want to make these changes here and there's going to be suspensions, I get it, no problem. But we're not going to suspend anyone from the, the Houston Astros for Carl cheating. Carlos Rodon. That that's, was Carlos Rodon. That's Jordan. it. Yeah, I got that one. So, yeah. and The inconsistency and of it. how cheating is, is being uh, governed uh, and monitored and enforced and everything within it. And so, there's a again, this didn't have to be an issue. It would have been an overall, maybe a storyline at the beginning of the year. And that's it. If, if this is rolled out well, th- there's not an issue here. You already know, here's the substances that are allowed that don't impact spin rate, which Tyler Glasnow talked about that because he said, look at my two starts after this, the spin rate didn't change for me. So it, it isn't anything that, that impacted the uh, improvement for a pitcher that way. Uh, so understand the difference between those things uh, getting the, everything enforced, everyone on the same page. You roll this out well, and there's no major issue. In fact, you've heard from the pitchers. They even know, and they've started speaking out themselves on those who've been abusing it within their ranks, and that this needed to be reined in. So again, this was a even a player-accepted problem that needed to be fixed. But then what does Rob Manfred do? He Rob Manfred it. And he took something that should have been an easy rollout. Again, you talk about the Yankees not having PR. Where's PR in Major League Baseball? I cannot believe a billion-dollar organization is this bad, or as others have said on Twitter, hates its sport this much that it bungles these things so epically. Did you see, speaking of another player, do
1: you see Zach Gallen? So when he was with the Marlins... Yeah. So Zach Gallen gets called out. Oh, I guess he didn't get called out, but he mentioned when he was with the Marlins, I don't remember the man's name, but whoever the GM was at the time... Hill. Mike Hill, was it? I think so. Or Hill or Bell or something like that. It was a short name. I remember that. But the GM, while he was there, encouraged him to use sticky substances to get a better grip on the ball. And now... That's the man who signed off on this memo because guess what? He's no longer with the Marlins and now MLB is paying his checks and he's just calling off the hypocrisy of this whole thing. Like that's the yep. word you use. And that's the word that this is. And I guess the question is like, where do we go next? Right. Where are we going to go next? So spin rate, I, we didn't, I don't know if we've ever said what spin rate really is like stack cast measures spin rate and it causes the ball. I think it was Charlie Blackman. I said like, if you've played baseball 30 years, right, you know how fast, like how far roughly a 90 mile an hour fastball is going to drop. Well, because of spin rate, it changes it. I'm inches, not even, but enough that what might be a hit is now a pop up or a ground ball. So these insane, absurd spin rates will drop. There's, I've seen the charts; they're dropping quickly because you just can't do it when you can't grip the ball that tightly. And maybe that's fine. Like it, it. I'm okay with that, right? The offense is coming back. I'm looking at the scores right now. We got a ten-seven today, a thirteen-six. Uh, I see that the Toronto came back in the ninth inning and scored six runs to win 10-7 to seven against Baltimore. So, offense likely to come back.
0: I think we both agree with We'll there. assess it at the end of this third here because we're getting yeah, the third sure. of the season done. We'll take a look at the second, third, and see how has the offensive changes uh, been impacted. And it's going to impact. And, and this is, again, Rob Manfred isn't wrong in the what. It's yeah. in the how yep. uh, that has been the issue because you wanted more more offense. This is how you're addressing it appropriately. You're not versus like maybe trying to make changes to the baseball and make it artificial. That's dumb. Taking care of these things where a pitcher, if, if you're not able to do that on your own, uh, then you can't do that, and that brings everything down to a better level playing field, and so you don't even have to lower the, the mound at all. It's just taking care of this, and the offense is already going to change. So, again, if you could better identify your own sport, which is what you're paid to do, this isn't an issue but it's it's again the rollout has been so colossal i don't there's whichever adjective you want to use there colossally screwed up well
1: we've already mentioned and the ultimate the ultimate way that this is going to come back is we've already mentioned a few times on this podcast the collective bargaining agreement between major league baseball and the players union is up after this season and pete alonzo i mean even mentioned his he mentioned a thing where he says basically that major league baseball is affecting the baseball to the point where when there is a good crop of free agent pitchers, they favor the hitter. And when there's a good crop of free agent hitters, they favor the pitcher. So
0: Now let's talk about that one. Okay. That was quite the, uh, the, where it gets overused, but here it's right, bombshell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm finding it interesting. There's been no major stories on that. Outside of what was reported there, no one has touched it. Mm-hmm. And I'll go ahead and say that's because they've been told by people within major league base. Don't like, say anything. You are. There, the twists, uh, the screws have been twisted to uh, to go away from that story because otherwise, something like that would at least be covered. And to me, the silence is saying a lot. And here's what it comes down to: what Pete Alonso said was, "This is the suspicion that has been there for a while, and the way that this is being handled is only adding to that suspicion." No one can say definitively, but there's the, there's answers in silence, there's and a, that's the problem. There's a sub. What it is is now you can clearly see it. In this
1: whole situation, it comes out, there is absolutely no trust between the players and the and the management of MLB.
0: So And now you are impacting player safety and how you are rolling this out in the middle of a soon-to-be CBA year. And this is the ripple effect I mentioned when we started this conversation. That is not just what happens here, but as you further create that divide between the players when they are believing that you are impacting their financial health and their physical health. And you expect them to to, uh, believe that you have their interests at heart in the middle of that type of a uh, negotiation? Like we said before, we hate saying something this negative or worrying about it, and we're going to bury it after this because there's no point talking about doomsday scenarios. But I I do not see a scenario right now at all where there's a 162-game season next year. To me, that's already off the books. The matter is, how much do they finally get out of their own ways to have a season at all? It's going to be just like... This is, oh, this is 93, yeah, 94. This is that bad. That, yeah. The, the buildup where we're at right now, it is that bad.
1: Yep. Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot to add there, but like you said, I, I'd be shocked if they play at 162. Hopefully we can get, you know, last year we saw 60. I don't
0: know. It's, the, it's a long ways down the line. The only hope is that both sides at least realize, because there already is challenges with popularity in the sport. There's enough challenges there where you can't afford literally A full season shutdown. If that happens, baseball will be like the sixth, the eighth ranked popular watch sport in major league uh, in in USA. This is the the scenario where soccer becomes a bigger watch sport, and people capitalize within it. That's what happens. Uh, And baseball, and it took the steroid era to bring it back. Ironically, took cheating to bring it back. Uh, But everyone remembers that ninety eight season. Who've been alive long enough to watch these things. Uh, so right now, baseball is not at a popular uh, level that can sustain this type of angst, especially coming off COVID and everything else, and already the fighting that happened in the middle of COVID within this. So you hope ultimately they just look at and realize they can't kill the golden goose. Uh, but that's that's the contentious issue that's on the horizon. This is how the uh, stickiness, the foreign substance issue can impact long term. And so we just wanted to walk through the full ripple effect of everything of what happened how it could have been how it could have been avoided because this was universally agreed there was not going to be contentious issues between players and management on this and they found a way to make a more massive divide and make this a worse situation and distract from the game because what have we done now we spent 15 minutes talking about this nothing that's actually positive of the game nope. nothing that's good for this season. That's what Rob Manfred does. He takes it away from the sport itself which again goes back to the tw- uh, the quote that I've seen on Twitter so many times. I've never seen a sport that hates itself so much. And we're going to we're talking the AL today and there's trust me there's some
1: amazing things happening in the American League. It's a League wonderful right now. season. Yeah, uh, it's a great uh, and, and year. And we're going to
0: dive into that. Now we're going to take our take our attention away from this and then bury it, enjoy the season. Here's the issue, here's what it is. We took you through it so you can have a better understanding of what has happened if you haven't followed along, uh, what's going on, and then the concern of the, the the long-term effect of this. Now bury that, and let's actually talk baseball. That's right. And so we're going to dive into, again, our American League uh, coverage here. We'll we'll go right into the American League East, uh, and we're going to go based on the standings as of today, and we'll walk through the, the teams. Do you want to go worst to first or first to worst?
1: Let's go first to worst. Let's start with, I think, is it a tie though,
0: right? It is a tie right now. Okay, well, you pick. You break the tie, man. This is your team's spot. We'll start start with the Boston Red Sox. Okay. Because they have been the the biggest surprise uh, in the American League this year. Okay, so we're
1: always going to mention the the injuries that are currently withstanding because there's been, over the last two weeks, there's been so many injuries that I lost count. But the Red Sox only have two right now. Chris Sale, who's missing all year as far as missed all of this season so far, still coming back from Tommy John and... We'll mention some of the other guys coming back, but it looks like he might actually be the first one back of those big three that had the Tommy John surgery. And then Ryan Brazier in the bullpen are their big injuries. The offense, we're going to talk about what's gone well. The Boston Red Sox are going to start and end, and what's gone well is with their offense. It is third in baseball in OPS. It is third in
0: baseball in average. They pound out runs. And what has not gone well, as I look at the runs scored and runs against, that pitching staff that was doing well to begin the season, uh, the bottom of, of the rug has finally been taken out from under them, and that is falling. We said they're not. We don't know how they're doing it, and no one did. And it's not a talent level thing because that has now corrected itself. That's the beauty. If there's one thing that I really love about Major League Baseball, is that the 162 game season. People are like, yeah, this season gets long. Yeah, you can say that, but here's the thing: it's harder for you to luck out an excellent year. Because over the course of 162 games, luck corrects itself, and true talent has to win out. And so we're already seeing that as we get into the second third of the season. Boston Red Sox, their challenges with pitching is now starting to finally come to the real issue. Yeah, I mean we've we've seen these guys before,
1: right? So when Garrett Richards is pitching to a low three ZRA, I've seen Garrett Richards for years. Garrett Richards pitch for years. He's not a low three ZRA. Martín Pérez not a low three ZRA. Nick Pavetta like these guys are not rookies who are just getting up here and getting by on luck or whatever it is those are veteran pitchers and we've always said the pitching is going to be a problem but I said it's a matter of will they add another pitcher will Chris Sale get back right if Chris Sale gets back does that help absolutely that's your that's what happens next is you hope that you get Chris Sale back
0: and he's Chris Sale now is that a huge ask yeah it's a massive ask right well we're saying not to jump teams but Luis Severino, we've been waiting for that. And there's uh, his start, uh, rehab start looked good. And then all of a sudden, injury issues popped right back up. So there's no guarantee that he's actually able to come back this season. And if he doesn't come back, do they have, like, they have prospects, right?
1: That Tristan Casas, Jaron Duran, some of these guys, Jeter Downs, are very close. Those guys are all at triple. Actually, I think Jaron Duran is on the USA team right now playing in the Olympics. So otherwise, he could be up soon, but. Those guys are all very close. Could they add those guys, or could they use them to add a pitcher? Well, there's going to be plenty of pitchers available this year because there are some teams that are really bad that are going to be wanting to sell off. But is it enough to keep this team ahead of the
0: Blue Jays and the Rays and the Yankees? I don't know. Let's look at it this way because you, you mentioned that. Th- I think one of the storylines in the American League as we look at this is the haves and the have-nots. There's, uh, there's very little middle ground here. Uh, and you have uh, games back in every division 19 and a half 14 18 at this stage in the in the year that's a lot uh, and it is almost like you're done like at that at this point it's already there not that anyone expected anything out of these bottom teams uh, but to be that far off uh it's going to lead to some high win totals for teams at the top and some very big loss totals for the teams at the bottom uh but Again, Red Sox. What's gone right? What's gone wrong? Where do they go from here? You gotta you gotta add pitching if if they're gonna compete, and, and I think they're gonna compete now, which
1: I didn't think sixty games ago or whatever we were at. You hope for Chris Sale, right? You think about I don't the like the Diamondbacks, right? Like Merrill Kelly is is he anything special? Is he better than those guys? I don't know, but you just take it and you see because you're not gonna go out and add. I don't see this team adding some massive pitching prospect they're not adding max scherzer no nope like that i don't see them adding max scherzer but could they add two three lower level guys
0: yeah sure think about the red Sox pitching staff in the same way we talked about the milwaukee brewers offense there's a lot of ways to improve just to get to average an average pitching staff with their offense is good enough and that can get you still competing at the top for the division crown uh, so there's that gives you a lot of leeway for being able to add something that's going to help you at the trade deadline. Should we go to your team? Let's do it. Tampa Bay Rays are also tied again at 43 and 28. Uh, and uh, what's gone right uh, up until the last four games? You'd say everything. Uh, it has been a a wonderful year overall. Anyone who's a Tampa Bay Rays fan should be very happy. Uh, but the pitching has done well. Rich Hill. Uh, Again, the oldest pitcher in Major League Baseball right now, uh, pitching like a Cy Young contender, uh, and uh, had a great start to his year. Uh, The offense has uh, been more interesting. They've gotten offense from players that they didn't expect early on, and again, that's not sustainable. When you have Mike Zunino in the the top five in the American League in home runs, that's not going to stay that way, and they've seen that taper off, but Randy Rosarinas had his spurts. Austin Meadows back healthy. You've seen that. Tyler Glasnow was the the main guy in the midst of all of this, and their are pitching prospects that have come up and done well. Uh, but it's been injuries, if you want to look at what's gone wrong. Uh, it's been, from before the season began, the, almost a whole new bullpen. Nick Anderson, who was so key in the last uh, year for them in, in their uh, World Series run, up until he got, that's when the injuries issue started to creep up. Uh, and so he's gone for at least half the year. They're hoping maybe he can come back. Uh, and then you have from Chaz Rowe to Brendan McKay to uh, the list is extensive, but they were able to sustain it. And I said on, on a previous podcast, there's only one guy they can't afford to lose, and it's Tyler Glass now. Now, the question is he has elected not to have surgery at this point. The doctors have told him he can rest for a month and see how everything heals. The MRI came back encouraging overall that uh, there might be just some issues around the elbow that uh, with uh, time could heal a little bit more where maybe you don't need that surgery. At this point, waiting the month is not going to change the long-term diagnosis. If you need Tommy John in a month, well, you're still going to miss all of next year anyways. Uh, So waiting the month isn't going to change that. So they can wait to see if that's there, but does that change where we go from here Uh, as far as are they now more on the hunt for pitching uh, with that or a starting pitcher? Potentially. But they have Luis Patino in yeah. uh, AAA. Uh, they have uh, uh, and their young arms that are that are doing well. Uh, again, as much as if there's any team that makes sense for Max Scherzer from a uh, roster standpoint and what they're doing, it makes sense financial standpoint. Couldn't be any farther away. So that's not happening in Tampa Bay. Uh, but can you add someone like a Kyle Gibson or something uh, like that for that? I definitely could see it. They have a lot of
1: injuries. I was yeah. just looking at like. Whatever happened to Chris Archer? That's like two months.
0: He's, uh, I think, close to th- uh, close to rehab. Simon
1: is he? Okay, well, that's something, right? I mean, he's not Tyler Lass now, but Chris Archer, is something and. Uh, Oliver Drake, Jalen Beeks, Colin Poche, Cody Reed, Chaz Road, Nick Anderson. I just forget how many injuries they've had in their bullpen. Pretty and much they their still entire have, bullpen like, from
0: last year, just about. They
1: still have a strong bullpen. They're yeah. third in baseball and ERA and third in walks for the, a bullpen, fourth in whip for the bullpen. That's good. So, the Willie
0: Adamas trade, uh, yeah. which has worked out well for both sides. Uh, J.P. Fireisen has been a key cog in that, uh, that bullpen. They just called up Drew Rasmussen uh, uh, today. Nice. So he'll be making his major league debut with the Rays uh, uh, tonight. Uh, and that's another key bullpen arm that's there, but they have others uh, that have come through as well. Uh, Jeffrey Springs uh, in a trade with the Boston Red Sox has worked out well, uh, so they're, they're continuing to plug along. That's what they do uh, with their depth. They're built for the 162 game season. So my my what they did right is I, I have lots
1: right. They score a lot. They they pitch well. Like it's it was working really well until like you said the last week, which it's a long season. Wrong? I just have, I said, you see a lot more games than me, but I'm going to nitpick a little bit here. Why is Brandon Low? No, I'm going to mess it up, Lau. Brandon Lau.
0: Uh, sweet and low? Brandon Low. Why is he bad leadoff so much? They've been doing that more recently. Uh, his on-base percentage has been, uh, again, th- when you look at his stats, you have to look under the hood, and you have to see what are his stats versus right-handed pitching. Uh, those stats are actually decent. His overall numbers don't look good at all. He's, and I... The eye test keeps telling me that I never watch the games when he's doing well, so I don't get uh, uh, anything that's going on right now. But then I look at the overall stats versus right-handed pitching, and it's still pretty good. So I, uh, something's working, uh, but uh, he hasn't. He hasn't looked the way he looked last year when he was an MVP candidate. What about Taylor, what about Kevin Kiermaier? Are they playing him so much? He's got. He's got to be on the way out. Contract, right? uh, contract, and he's still been good defensively. But they have. They already have a separate center field platoon they could do with Brett Phillips and Manuel Margot. Margot okay. and that that would already be there. Uh, could I see Margot or excuse me, uh, Kiermaier being someone traded by the trading deadline? Yeah, would yeah. that change the the Rays uh, on field team? I don't think so. Yeah. Well, in a high note. Their next is looking pretty good here. Right? Like you mentioned, Luis
1: Patino waiting. Vidal Brujan, he's been cold lately. I was looking at his stats. He's down to like 260, but still in the wings. Wander Franco is tearing up whatever. He's is he at double A? Triple A, whatever he's at. And now I'm going to. Now, is it Josh Lowe then, or is it Josh Lau? Josh Lowe. Okay. I'm
0: going to mess that up a
1: million times, just I, so you know.
0: There's one. As long as they don't have. They used to have Nate Lau. I know. That's, uh, with so, it, so that's how it got all, all grouped so up. Brandon Lowe and Josh Lowe, are they brothers? there are I think I don't remember if those are the brothers or if there was brothers there, I don't know if Nate and and Josh were I, I don't remember oh. uh within it but I knew there was uh, Low or Lowe brothers uh that have been they need to get a uh, sponsorship with the Lowe's. <laughs> seriously that's seriously. what they had going on I can't there.
1: keep track of them all uh, there's so
0: many of them they made a trade this week too right Mike Ford uh small trade with the uh, New York Yankees first baseman so is he gonna platoon with G man uh are they both left? These? He has minor league options yet, oh. uh, and so I think this was a change of scenery move for the for the Yankees, uh, and so we'll see how that uh, turns out there. Uh, let's go to the Yankees, should we? Yeah. Let's, Unless let's, we have let's, anything let's else you have to say well, about the Rays. Only thing to say about the Rays again is that uh, Wander will be up soon. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it feels close. It feels within the month he's going to be up, and, and the point that the Rays do with their minor league system. They wait until when they're up, they stay. Uh, it's not meant to be bouncing, bouncing around. So when Wander is called up, the point and goal will be that he stays there. Uh, Mike Brousseau has been sent down. Uh, his key uh, uh, platoon bat for them. Short, short part of the platoon uh, last year. It season heat yeah, maestro. And the, uh, the, the issues with the uh, Chapman Chapman <laughs> uh, there with it. Uh, so he already has some cool career things and uh, hit in his short career at this point, uh, But I think it's either going to be Franco or uh, Breon coming up uh, next with it. And so the the kids are still coming. The waves are still coming. This was the one I wanted to mention. Shane Boz uh, just called up the AAA uh, in the last week here. Uh, He's the other one. Sorry, uh, Pirates fans. Uh, He was the third piece to that uh, Chris Archer trade uh, that brought in Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now. And then this uh, 19-year-old fireball pitcher named Shane Boz, who's now in AAA, Who's a top fifty prospect, I think, in minor league baseball right now. Uh, so those three guys. Oh, and Chris Archer's with the team too. So uh, sorry, Pirates fans. But we'll move on to the, the New York Yankees, uh, who have been a uh, enigmatic team. I don't know. That's a good just, way to say it. Yeah, it's just okay. From what they did, good. Let's start with
1: actually. Let's start with their injuries. Let's start with their injuries. So they got plenty of those. So Luke Voigt it has his strained oblique. I believe I saw that he's going out on a rehab assignment soon and should be back. Again, now he's already been missed twice. Hicks is out for the year, I think, with his wrist. And then the pitching, Corey Kluber, we talked to the rotator cuff after they let him pitch his no-hitter. Severino, you mentioned he was coming back from Tommy John. He, I think it was his groin, yeah, was right, groin. He tore his groin in, or re-injured his groin. It's going to slow him down a month. Uh, I. Going to drop him this week in TJFBI finally because I just can't afford it. We'll get to that later on. but And then Clark Schmidt, Darren O'Day, and Justin Wilson in the bullpen. They did j- just get Zach Britton back, so that's good news because what what's going right for the Yankees is their bullpen is really good, like really good, top four in baseball on ERA and walks, led yeah. by Aroldis Chapman, yeah, right? Still
0: so good. He God. had a
1: two-game stretch where he looked terrible. You were going on vacation. I texted you because – he gave, and, I, and it was right after the sticky stuff came out and all the spin rates were down and everybody thought the world was melting down and all the Chapman was going to be bad because one day he gave up two, a two run home run to Josh Donaldson followed by a two run home run a few pitches later to Nelson Cruz to blow a save and lose it. And then the next day I, he took another loss, but I think it was the, the runner on second scored on him in the extra innings. So I wasn't too worried, but since then he's converted his last three saves this week and he looks fine. Getting Zach Britton back, Chad Green, Jonathan the Wisecut, those guys have all pitched great out of their bullpen. It's a matter of getting to their bullpen.
0: So I'm sorry to uh, to uh, jump in on this since it's a completely unrelated point, but <laughs> okay. uh, uh, it, it's this it's the sad uh, challenge we've been worried about. It. It's been the uh, part of the season all year long, worried about what can be there. Fernando Tatis Jr. leaves uh, game with injury. possible shoulder injury. Uh, so again, we always said the problem is this is a lingering thing. It's not going to get better on its own. This doesn't mean he's gone for any length of time. So it's not speculating on anything at that point. Uh, but it's still the again his that shoulder uh, with it being that issue. It just brings up more concerns. He's been so fun to watch, uh, but that shoulder issue is lingering. He's going to have to miss a season at some point to get surgery done on that and build it back. That's it's just a matter of when, but. Again, since that just happened I here, thought I'd break break in with that, uh, and we're waiting to hear what the prognosis is uh, over there. So we'll go from one uh, ominous thought to a back to the the pinstripes and the the Bronx Bombers. Who, if we're talking about, we mentioned injuries. We overall we talked about uh, some key things here, and I know uh, we can talk about uh, what's gone right through bullpen and just how good that is. But what's gone wrong is they're the Bronx but you're they're missing the bombers that's the problem with this team and they were playing the Detroit Tigers earlier uh in in May uh and the Detroit Tigers uh, either TV or radio announcers said that the Yankees have a very hittable uh from a pitching standpoint hittable lineup yeah and I've, sorry that's coming from the Tigers uh and so it was a i think it was Lindsay Adler uh a reporter who uh mentioned that uh over there and uh, that's the challenge. This team does not scare anyone. I just put their offense isn't very Yankee ish right now. Like, yeah, ab- what, what you expect
1: out of them, it's just, it's been a little better recently. Gio Rochelle has been red hot lately, which has really helped them out. And Judge has been good, but we've talked about this before. Like, DJ LeMayhew can't hit 260, and he's hitting 260 for you right now. That you can't get that out of DJ LeMayhew if you're, the, if you're the Yankees. And Stanton's hitting 262, like 261 also. So, yeah, it's not. Terrible in today's day and age. 260 is manageable, but for what they're paying Giancarlo Stanton, they need him to hit like 280 with 50 home runs or at least 40 home runs to be good. And it's not happening. And their pitching is just not okay. Like it's Garrett Cole, who's unbelievable, I, but there's never been enough other pitching. And we've said that since the yep. beginning. Yep. So you
0: needed to score a lot of runs a la the Red Sox, and they're not doing that. So here's the uncharacteristic thing. Two hundred and seventy-nine runs scored, two hundred eighty runs against, negative one differential for you math aficionados, right there. Uh, and like I said you're at a, a roughly a five hundred team. They're a little over that right now, thirty-seven and thirty-three, but they're five and a half back. Uh, and there's no anything on the horizon. I mean, again, this team misses Luke Voigt, no doubt, uh, but his health is is extremely question mark and. Oh. Their
1: horizon, like their what I had down. I typed this last week. Their horizon was Luis Severino, right? That was yeah. what they needed. What they needed, Luis Severino, yep. to come back and give them the dominant one-two with Garrett Cole. Well, you're hoping for playoffs at best. Yeah, now at this you're point. hoping for September maybe to like start getting some innings in there, and then you, maybe he pitches like with a follower or something in the playoffs for you, because otherwise you're not going to get it. And you have to get to the playoffs. Like the Yankees, Fangraphs. Yeah, no I'm on Fangraphs. Fangraphs has them now at a 53 percent chance. So, like you said, you're a 50 50 team, roughly. Like. 5050 chance to make the playoffs
0: you got to keep winning and they're not right now it's it's kind of weird <laughs> and uh, I don't see them making a major investment in anything at the trading deadline either they're they're such a, a middling team right now uh, and we mentioned before that, that the uh, hot stove is going to get going on Aaron Boone uh and not necessarily his fault uh, again he can't uh, produce uh hitters that aren't there uh, that's more of a Brian Cashman issue. Uh, but we'll save that that topic for another day. Uh, for anything else on the, on the Yankees, what's uh, uh, what to expect from here, it's it's more of the same. Yeah. Uh, more like For the Red Sox, we know a clear path. For the Rays, we know a clear path. For the Yankees? I don't know. Yeah. yeah
1: you just got to hope, I guess, that you get healthy and the guys that you're paying big money to start producing.
0: Here's the team that is underperforming from a – win-loss standpoint to their, their run differential, and that's the Toronto Blue Jays. I think this is the team... I
1: still think this team's going to be really good. I still think this team has a big push summer in them. So we've seen George Springer play five games for them. Like, there's not going to be a larger bat acquired at a tr- via trade or whatever than George Springer. So George Springer is hurt right now. I strained quad. He got back, played those five games, got hurt again. I don't know when he'll get back, but I guarantee you when he gets back. This team's already got... He's
0: a second-half
1: difference maker. No, yeah. And on a team that has... Offense I, for days? Baseball's best offense. Oh, yeah. Offense for days. They are already second in average in OPS without him. First in home
0: runs. That's how good this offense is already. So Welcome to superstardom that everyone knew was coming, but it hasn't fully happened yet and now has for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, okay, sidebar. Our friend Austin asked me this when I saw him last.
1: Who was the AL MVP? And I said Vlad Jr., currently tracking to win the Triple Crown. But if I said it, that was like a week ago. If I said it now,
0: I think it's probably Shohei Otani, right? Yeah, the, the the number one is Shohei. Uh, can you imagine playing the Triple to, Crown and not winning it? But you have to. <laughs> only to someone who's doing a Babe Ruth. Like that's <laughs> know, the only way that you can't win is someone pulling a Babe Ruth. And that's the only way that Otani can have a shot at this uh, despite on a losing team. And so we'll talk about them in, in a minute, yeah. but... Uh, if the Blue Jays surge and Guerrero keeps going at triple crown level, uh, I think that will push him past Otani, unless Otani keeps up the Babe Ruth uh, for the entire season. Like that's what it's going to take. In which case, it's hard to argue with someone who literally could not do any more for his team than what Otani's been doing, and especially it's gonna uh, fun All Star game or at least home run derby. To watch him watch Vlad, like awesome. this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah. Well, if if they have this great offense, I guess we have to talk about then
1: what's not gone right. Well, their pitching has been pretty bad and so let's talk their bullpen injuries. Ryan Barucky, A.J. Cole, Raphael Dolis, Carl Edwards, Julian Merriweather, Tommy Malone, David Phelps, and then Kirby Yates are all on the injured list for them from the bullpen. And yeah, but they expected big things out of like Merriweather and Edwards and Dolees and uh, Barucki so these are not small bullpen arms that they're missing here and that's been a big problem uh, they came back today like I said they came back they were down I think seven to one going into the sixth inning or something and they scored six runs in the top of the ninth to win this game so offense for days on this team they're always going to have offense the starting pitching it's been Ryu and Ray have been consistent Stripling's been better recently they it's already just wild
0: to say consistent out of Robbie Ray I, I can't I you're can't telling get me, man. There yet you're telling
1: me man and then Alec Manoa, their big gun, they've already called him up. He's had some, like, serviceable starts. I wouldn't say it's been good. But it's been serviceable. They need, they need to figure out what Nate Pearson's doing. I don't know. I haven't seen Nate Pearson recently. If they're going to get anything out of him or else, like, last year they moved, made a move for Taiwan Walker. Remember that? Like, a mar, not a huge name once again, but a marginal pitcher who can, if you can get four and five ERA out of this team with the offense they have, you're going to do just fine. So
0: another team, find a way to add a pitcher. And also, it's easy when you just need average. It's the same thing we said with the Boston Red Sox. This team is aggressive. They still have a strong farm system. They'll add a They'll add a pitcher, uh, no question. What I will say is this is the team. They haven't been linked with them yet, but this from their aggressiveness to also a match within it, this is my dark horse candidate for Max Scherzer. Oh, they'd pay him. They'd love to pay him. I, it's it's a, a yeah. perfect match. They have the farm system that will line up with it. They have the pockets to do it, and they have the aggressive push right now with what they're doing. If he ends up here, like th- they very well could surge for the, the the AL East yet. Uh, they not, make the right moves. They have the offense for it. You just need a little more offense or a little more pitching, and you can get that from average, or you can go much bigger and make a greater impact. Scherzer with the Blue Jays is the intriguing one to me. That would be that would be great. And then you put him with Ray and Ryu at the top, and they don't. I
1: mean, I love Hyunjin Ryu. I've said it many times. I think he's very good, but I don't say he's he's certainly not an ace on the level of Garrett Cole right now. Max Scherzer, he can be that ace. And so if you're gonna it compete, bumps against everyone the team, down a rung, yep, which makes it so much better against the teams like the, this. Then you, you have you said the best offense in the American League. I would agree. I think it's them or the White Sox, and the White Sox have so many injuries that I'm not going to call on them right now. So I think the the Blue Jays have the best offense, and
0: that just means you need average pitching. You mentioned uh, uh, Alec Manoa, uh, and I just want to bring up for more recent starts. Here's, here's what you like to see. Uh, he had the one weird start versus the Marlins, but I want you to – his other three starts that he's had, the teams that he's played, Yankees, White Sox, Red Sox. Nice. <laughs> Yankees, six innings, two hits, seven strikeouts. That was his debut, won that game. Uh, Versus the White Sox, five innings, four hits, one earned run given up, uh, won that game. Two to one loss with Boston, but a better pitching performance. Six innings, four hits, one run, 5K. He's, he has held his own against the American Houston,
1: League's best. You throw Houston in there, and you got the best three offenses. That I mean, you can't play against himself, but the
0: White Sox, the Red Sox, and Houston are. When you throw really him in the good. deep water, and that's the performance overall, you have to like that. And so, from a young guy coming up, and this was, I heard it from other people in fantasy leagues too. People paid huge bucks uh, for him. Do you remember what it cost in, in yours? I can go check, I can go, but I just know that he was. Uh, uh, a big price addition, and he has uh, very much... Uh, $401 uh,
1: out of 1000 so 40% of your budget he went for wow. that week.
0: Uh, yeah. So he he's, uh, he's a, definitely someone to watch as a young pitcher who can make a difference down the stretch for a uh, contending team. Let's talk about the last
1: team in the American League East here. The Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles. It has been a tough season. Uh, this is more like what I thought I think we were getting last year, but... What's went right? This is a team that could have three all-stars. Like, the top of their lineup is really good. Cedric Mullins is quietly a superstar in this game now. I think he's leading the American League in average at this point, like in the 330s with... Double-digit home runs and almost double-digit steals already. Trey Mancini, we've already mentioned him a few times. He should be an all-star. And I saw Mountcastle hit three. He's been like scorching hot for the month of June and hit three home runs again today. So, And if healthy, John Means would have been in that
0: conversation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, John Means isn't healthy, which brings us to what's not went right. This is probably the worst pitching staff in the American League. It, it is rough to watch. They currently rank dead last in ERA. Uh, dead last and hits per nine dead last and home runs per nine right now Matt Harvey's the race that's uh good if you're in 2000 like 12 and Keegan Aiken Jorge Lopez Thomas Eshelman and Dean Kramer yeah that's not a good enough pitching staff when you have to go up against the Red Sox Rays Yankees even and Toronto that you're going to give up a lot of runs and like I said they had a seven had a
0: six run lead today and they lost because Toronto's really good so only one team has given up more runs than the, the Orioles in the American League. We'll talk about them when we get into the Central. Uh, as far as what to expect next, it's a uh, who stays, who goes, who's the building blocks, who's the guy that could be traded, Trey Mancini. Of the core that they have, he is the name that has been mentioned the most as a possible move since he only has, I think, two more years left on his deal uh, you're not going to be good enough by that point. But he's still a, a feel-good story there. He's a fan favorite, so there's no guarantee that he does get moved. Uh, but that's going to be the question there. They also have a major uh, catcher prospect who should be up in the second half of the year. Yeah, Ali Rutschman should be up. I,
1: I think the names, I don't think they're actually going to move Mancini. They might. It certainly could happen. I think the ones that you're going to expect to see, I think Freddie Galvis goes. He's having a nice year. He's all, Teams always need middle infield help. Anthony Santander, remember he was great last year. He's been okay, not bad, but good enough that I think there's a lot of teams that could use an outfielder. And then Michael Franco, remember they signed him to that one-year deal. Still hitting home runs, but uh, I think those guys are more like – or Pedro Severino, I guess that catcher too could go. But they need John Means to get healthy. Like you said, if you're going to have any pitching, you need John Means to get healthy. I wonder if he's a possibility to get traded, though. Because you figure this team is probably not going to be competitive
0: within the next five years. It's, it's hard to say. Uh, because I, I was just getting ready to say, this is probably the most optimistic feeling I could have for a team that's 23-47. and 47. Yeah. There are some building blocks that are there, some good pieces. There's some that are coming up. You actually have a, a good pitcher uh, where, I, yes, you could trade him, but if you're actually wanting to finally get something going, that's a piece you need. He's young enough, Uh, he, uh under contract for enough years, like, worth at least seeing what you can piece together there but it depends what what plan they have and where their front office is right now but they have intriguing pieces which it begins there because we can go to some other teams that maybe have a better record but don't have the same pieces that you have more questions on within it so interesting to see with the Baltimore Orioles as we move to the AL Central uh, we have the uh, again the team that I had a chance to see in person and they're uh, every bit is, is good in person. The Chicago White Sox also with a 43-27 and 27, uh, record. So I guess by win percentage, they have the best uh, record in the in the American League. Uh, this team is, again, I'll let you tell me what, what right and what wrong, but I'll just give you the numbers here. Runs scored 344, runs against 246. That already tells you some things, but why don't you dive in? Well,
1: this is is the – if there is a competitive team as far as the best offense in the American League along with Toronto, it's this one. But the problem is they have so many injuries to their offense. Remember, we've talked about Luis Robert tore his hip flexor, probably out to the playoffs. Eloy Jimenez, I saw he finally got – he got cleared this past week to do, like, running drills. So maybe in August we'll see Eloy Jimenez. Nick Madrigal tore his hamstring. Remember, I love Nick Madrigal. He tore his hamstring. He's out for the season recently in the last couple weeks. Eaton hit the IL. Billy Hamilton hit the IL. So even with all these injuries, they're still finding a way to score runs because they have a really good team. And as good as their offense is, their pitching is pretty good too. Remember, they made that move for Lance Lynn, and Gialito starting to pick it up. So third in ERA, fourth in whip, that's really good. And they remember, they paid up for Liam Hendricks. It's working out. hes I think he's leading the American League in saves last night. Yeah, checked. He's very, very good. So the only question, like there's – a few questions, right? Can they get healthy? They need those guys to get healthy to keep up the offense. That that's what's big next for them is just hopefully get Luis Robar and Eloy Jimenez back. And what's gone wrong is just the weird fractured-ish relationship with Tony Larusa, right? We've talked about that. It like
0: there's someone who can compete with Rob Manfred for, for not getting out of the way of his own sport or team, it's Tony Larusa. Yeah, and I guess
1: they're, they're winning in spite of him because. Their pitching coach has all this hype right now about how great he is because suddenly Dylan Cease is great and Carlos Rodon is tracking towards a Cy Young contention type of season, and those are guys who we, you didn't expect that for. So that's been amazing for them. But Tony Larusa is just kind of he's he's riding the ship, running the ship, but I don't know what he's actually doing to help these guys. But
0: the uh, second uh, major league uh, movie reference that I'll make in this one he is the epitome of the owner of the Cleveland Indians in that movie, Rachel yes. Phelps. Yes. As far as a motivating factor, a lightning rod that can get te- teams around it, it's at, at any stage, whether it's because of him or uh, in spite of him, whatever motivates players and gets them uh, riled up and going, it's not a bad thing. And right now they've been able to channel this energy into a positive one uh, and it's working, so we'll see. It's, it's a storyline to watch as we get into the second half of the year, but uh, right now the White Sox have done just about everything right that you could want. Uh, underrated trade, it was, it was mentioned as a positive overall, but the impact has been still underrated. Lance Lynn uh, has been the veteran presence that they needed last year that they knew they were lacking. They found the right one. That's not always easy to do. He has been everything they have wanted and then some. I uh, had a chance to watch him this last week and just fun to, to watch. He is he has not given up more than I think it's three runs in any start uh, this year. I could believe that. He's been that. consistently I believe that. good uh for this team. Uh and as we take our Anything for what to expect uh, with them? This is a team that doesn't have a lot of holes. That's it's it. injuries coming back. That's, like, that's, that's pretty much it. what yeah. it is. You
1: just got to get Eloy and Robert healthy, hopefully. As, this team is going to make the playoffs. I, they're going to win that division. I think I picked them to win the World Series this year, so, or maybe not. But they're going to make the playoffs, and then you just hope to have your your full core back at
0: that point. We move on to the the Cleveland Indians who have uh, traded away their star power uh, in the the offseason, but, and we even mentioned it here, never count them out. Overall, they find a way to keep winning games. I have uh, no idea how this team
1: is this good, to tell you the truth. It's the bullpen. Like, they have an amazing bullpen, right? Yep. Emmanuel Classe, yep. James Karinchek, Brian Shaw have been awesome. They have, A has a uh, 105 ERA, Karinchak has a 288, and Brian Shaw has a 182 ERA. So, a great bullpen to get the lead, but... We didn't mention it. Shane Bieber got hurt in the last couple weeks. Yeah. He is missing the next month. Uh, his injury is a strained shoulder. I have no idea if it has to do with sticky stuff. I have no idea. But Bieber and Plisak are gone. So their current starting rotation is Aaron Savale, Eli Morgan, JC Mejia, somebody they don't know yet, and Cal Quantrill, according to Roster Resource. That does not sound like a 38 and 30 team.
0: Yeah. And again, we talked about overall their run scored, runs against, 299 uh, scored. Uh, against 297. So only a plus 2 differential you're looking at. Like I said a 500 team by the, that metric. Uh we'll see what happens with more games. Again, luck eventually uh regresses to the mean of what the true talent level is. Uh we'll see if they keep uh, squeezing out every inch of talent on this team. Uh, as far as uh uh what has gone wrong, it's it's still the the offense is not good. Oh, no, it's not but it hasn't been
1: It's not terrible. miserable. It's kind of median right now. They're 22nd in average, 21st in OPS, 17th in home runs. I will say this. Right now, Ahmed Rosario, I think Glendor had a couple home runs today. Ahmed Rosario, like the last month, has played better than Francisco Glendor has played. Yeah. And so that's been great to see. I, I love to see that as he seems to have taken another step. He cut the strikeout weight way, way down in Cleveland, which is good. Jose Ramirez still looks MVP-ish if he wants to. This team would we said if this team wins, it's because he's really good. He's still really good. Um, they, they brought up one of their big prospects, Bobby Bradley. A couple weeks ago, he's batting cleanup for them, or fifth, I guess, playing a lot of first base. He's kind of a uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, that type, where he's going to strike out 30% of the time. He might hit 220, 230, but he can probably – and over the full season, he can hit 30 home runs. He has huge power, but not a good average. But it's a lot of uh, – like the parts – Not necessarily like the sum is better than the parts type of thing, I guess. Absolutely. That's, that's kind of the way. And they do that. The good manager, right?
0: Terry Francona is a great manager. He gets, he gets the most out of these guys and they're winning games still, but it's, I guess for what to expect, it's healthy. And you're hoping to get some of these guys back that have been injured that are key players. Bieber, uh, please like these guys that they, they need, if they're going to, uh, potentially at least stay in the hunt for a wild card. Uh, that's what, uh, what it's going to take. They're not going to be adding anybody, uh, they do also uh, addition and subtraction. They're one of those teams that does that at, at deadlines. They'll trade a, a key player, then also bring someone back. Uh, so you never know with them. They can still be an interesting team to watch at the trading deadline. We'll get into that stuff later. A more hot stove coverage as we get into July. Uh, but uh, yeah, th- th- it's just really health. Let's go to my de facto team here, the Kansas. The rest City. of this division is not. uh it, it's, yeah, pes- yeah, yeah. it's we're talking pessimism now, not optimism yeah, as we move in here. I
1: had such I remember how we had Kansas City start, and I felt so good about my pick, and then the free fall, the last like just like two two and a half the, weeks. Their starting pitching has just gotten horrible. I I don't know what happened to these guys, like. So I said, okay, well, maybe they get ahead and they bring up some of their big prospects. And we've seen Daniel Lynch. He was awful. We saw Jackson Carr. He was worse. Like, their big prospects came up, and I've been extremely disappointed. So, and Brad Keller, Mike Miner's probably going to get traded. I think Mike Minor's almost assuredly going to get traded at this point. And Brady Singer's been bad. So the pitching, really bad so far. Now, what's been good? The lineup that I liked is still not bad. It's top 10 in average, like, they steal a lot of bases. They're fun to watch. Whit Merrifield, Carlos Santana, Salvador. Pre- Salvador Perez has been amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like, unbelievably good. And Mondesi's finally back. So, like, the top four part of their lineup, you feel really. Ben Attendee, he's hurt right now again,
0: but even he was playing great. So, the lineup is okay. It's just. Solaire, it was an aberration. <sighs> when he won the the home run uh, uh, champion mark at, uh, in 2018, we're learning now it was an aberration, not a overall. He's. If he's on the team next year, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I Their offense has got
1: – the pieces are there for this to be a good offense, but the pitching is not. The bullpen is okay, I guess. Greg Holland, Scott Barlow, Stalmont, Zimmer, they, they have some decent bullpen arms, but when you don't have a lead, I, I was I – Can't mean, really use them, Yeah, well. you can't use them. So I think they lost – 10 of 12, a couple, like twice already in the last they're,
0: two months. And they're not this bad. No. I, I think that's the one. You have to ride these these things out. They've in a massive free fall. I hear they lost like, what, 10 or 12 in a row? Yeah. Or 10 of 12 uh, within that that rank. So it's a, a matter of just taking the time to write the ship. Let
1: it be known that I'm not completely dead in my prediction. They have a, quote, quote 0.8% chance to make the playoffs, according to
0: Fangraphs. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh I, this is still at least a 500 team. There's seven games under right now, but we saw them being as high as they were before. I still believe in this as at least a 500 team, uh, and there's still some optimism for more, but again, the, the bigger hole they dig, the harder it is to climb out of. Uh, and that really is the summary of the Minnesota Twins. As I said, let's go to the Twins off of that segue, because uh, I...
1: Okay, so the Twins, they are currently sitting at 29-41, and 41, and I, I picked the Royals. right? I didn't think the Twins would make the playoffs. I did not think they would be... This bad. Now, there's once again, a lot of it's the fact that their team is extremely injury prone. Uh, Buxton finally got back today. He's been out for a long time. Hey, guess what? Josh Donaldson hurt his calf again within like the last two days. Shocking. Unbelievable for like the 80th time in the last five years. I believe Kepler's on the aisle right now. Yes, he is. Mitch Garver is hurt. Uh, Pitchers wise, they have plenty of pitcher injuries including Michael Pineda. So, you can blame it on injuries. I could do that. But this is like the opposite of the Royals. Where they there's this
0: old fast.
1: Yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. Like, Nelson Cruz has been better again. He, he looked a little cold in the middle. But Sano, at this point, should be gone. Like, Sano is not good enough. When they get – if they get some of these guys healthy, I would love to see – Kirilov can play first. Alex Kirilov can play first. Like, put him at first. Trevor Larnik's been pretty good in the outfield. Good enough, at least, to, to get more run.
0: Kepler, Buxton, Larnik, Kirilov at first. That's your future right there. Well, and they have to figure. They have. Here's another good segue for you, since you did that. Uh, they have to figure out what their future is. Jose Barrios, uh, Byron Buxton. So, are you going to sign either one of these guys? So who's part of your future moving forward? It's going to cost money for either or both. And if you're not going to sign them, this is the time to trade them for uh, to get your best peak return value.
1: So I, I have my list of guys here that I'm going to throw them at you. You tell me, trade it or not trade it. Nelson Cruz. Traded. I, I I agree there. It's got to stay in the AL, right? It's got to stay in the AL. Josh Donaldson.
0: Let's say he gets healthy. He he's a free agent at the end of this year. Is that right? If he's uh, not, no, no one's taking on that money. I I'd have to check that. And he they is, still would have to eat a considerable
1: amount of it to, to he move. He's not a free agent to, for through twenty twenty three. So
0: that's that's too much money okay. for a
1: two injury prone. Josh Donaldson. We say staying. Jose Barrios. That's, that's a pretty big, free that's agent the in twenty twenty
0: three. That's the question. Do they sign him or do they not? And if they still, like, also, is this the time when they're looking at their team? Are they, do they need to do a rebuild? The front office needs to ask the overall question, what are their, what are their plans, or are you going to make things ready for next year? If your plan still is to contend for playoffs next year, no, you don't trade him. You find a way to sign him to an extension. If you're iffy on that and iffy on if you either believe in him for the big money or that you think he's part of it, then he's gone. Last one I got is just got back from the injury
1: himself to the one of the cheapest deals in baseball for what he's worth is Kenta Maeda. 2024,
0: great contract there. You're, to me, if if I'm the GM of the Minnesota Twins, uh, you keep Barrios, you keep Maeda, because, again, what you need is, is pitching. You figure out offense as you go, but you can't survive without pitching. Those are a couple of key cogs that you need, and you're going to try to augment uh, around it. Uh question is uh, Byron Buxton are you going to pay the the injury risk or otherwise this is the time to sell high uh yeah you need him uh but but right now there is a huge dearth of center fielders in major league baseball and a lot of contenders have a need this would be the time that you could get something big for him uh and I I would move him before I'd move Barrios and, and Buxton, I, I said, he just got back. But when he was
1: pl- healthy, this looked like the Byron Buxton that was the top prospect in baseball, Shohei Otani levels of power and speed Absolutely. type of player, Byron Buxton, that we've heard for years. He was finally starting to look like that early in the year. So, yeah, I think you could get a haul for Byron Buxton if you move him. Uh, what do we think? The, they're now, I said, 29 and 41. Did they get back to 500?
0: No. Uh, I, I don't see it from the... I don't think there's enough pitching to go on a run. I also don't count on their health to actually be there. Uh, you also, eventually, Clubhouse, you start dealing with a little bit of defeatism uh, within this. This isn't the year that they anticipated or expected, and that's going to become a problem at some point. Uh, and also, as you, if you expect that you're going to be making some midseason trades, you're going to sell uh, from Cruz to anyone else from longer term. That's not going to help you get to that five hundred record. So no, I don't think they get there. I I, I agree. I don't. I could see them playing roughly
1: five hundred from this point forward. And finishing about ten games yep. under, but I, I don't agree. think they're not going to get back to five hundred. Where I think I, I agree with you. I think Kansas City could do that if they get on a nice little run. But yeah, it's been a really disappointing year if you're a Twins fan in the area.
0: Tigers fans are saying the same thing. Uh, this was a team that had a lot of uh, youth. Uh, the youth movement was to be starting. You were looking for your key uh, key prospects. You were expected to be the the last uh, last team in the division. But there's some question on the overall of who's contributing, who's not, and building blocks that are there that you expected that are not or haven't been there yet. There's there's questions on seeing the plan. As part of the rebuild in Detroit, do you is that just fan angst, or uh, do you agree or disagree? I'll say the last like few weeks
1: since I think a lot we talked about Detroit, the starting pitching, the young starting pitching is starting to look like it's coming around. Since since the start of May, Casey Mize is a two thirteen ERA. That's, that's really good. That's what you want, but right? Ask for more. Tariq Skubel has 50 strikeouts in his last 32 innings with a 309 ERA since May. Great. Like, these are the guys you're building around. Matt, Matt Manning
0: just called up. Just
1: called up. Made his major league debut. That is your big three. And even Spencer Turnbull, who's now on the IL, but since May started, had a two seventy-seven ERA with 39 innings. Like, that is the core that you want to build this around. You get those, uh, maybe not even Spencer Turnbull, but specifically, uh, Casey Mize, Tariq Skubel and Matt Manning, you, you want to build that as your young pitching core and then Spencer Torkelson in a year or two or whatever, and maybe, like, Drimer Candelario's 27.
0: I I don't – it's not particularly young, but – Did you see uh, that he got called out by Alex Cobb uh, this week? Uh, Alex Cobb noted as he was uh, pitching uh, Candelario was on second base. Cobb uh, was able to identify that he's watching the the, – The the signs? Yep. And uh, he ended up striking the batter out. Then he turned at him, yelled at him, said a few things that I can't say I hear – and said, "I see you," uh, and just just called him out within it. Alex Cobb was fired up, uh, and uh, again, it happens every. I'm not going to accuse anyone of it's cheating. More things. cheating it,
1: baseball it,
0: that, that happens uh, <laughs> uh, everywhere within that, uh, but you try not to get caught uh, like he did. And so a veteran got him and uh, voiced his displeasure. Well, but Candelaria again been, been a good player. Yeah, like and, uh, they're really some bad. Blocks. They're really bad on offense,
1: right? Like they knew that like that's not out of nowhere. We knew they were going to be bad. And so now the question is like Jonathan scope's been amazing for the last month. And that's what he does. He is extremely streaky. I've seen Jonathan scope play a couple months in Milwaukee where he was terrible. Cause he was on a cold streak, but he's really streaky. Now's the time you're going to trade him. Cause you should, they, he's they, not part they of should your, trade your, him. Your Robbie Grossman has been great all year batting leadoff, but he's 32. Is he part of this? I wouldn't keep him. Like if, if you can get something for him, I think you trade him. And and you're not going to be able to move Miguel Cabrera, but some of these guys who are in their mid-20s, like, yeah, but your pitchers that you want to build around are at most 24, so is 28-year-olds,
0: I don't know. Well, there's something to be said, though, if uh, if you like the defense of some of these players. If you want to help the development of your pitchers, you need some good defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while the question becomes, Robbie Grossman, defensively, he's, he's good that way. Uh, yeah, you might be able to trade uh, and get something for him, but... You, need, uh, you don't want your pitchers spending extra pitches or extra outs, having to get four outs in an inning because your defense isn't good enough to catch the ball. So at some point, you do need to help your pitchers by having that type of, of talent around them. It's what the Rays do very effectively and help their young pitchers out within it. That's what Detroit needs to start focusing on the next step as you do development with these big three because that's, that's your present and future all right there. Uh, and where they go, there you go. Uh, so you need to start augmenting around them. Uh, scope, yeah, you trade him uh, because that's not going to help uh, help here. Or there, if he's streaky and it gets you something, you go for it. Uh, you have to question every other move that you do under the basis of does this help or hurt our big three? I think
1: if he shows healthy, the, the guaranteed trade is Matthew Boyd. I think yep. if he's healthy, he's now thirty years old and he's having like a career year, a three forty four year A for a guy who's never had a sub four five year. Age. I've always what said they should have done. Like, two or three years yeah, ago. I've always said Matthew Boyd is basically Robbie Ray. When yeah. Robbie Ray is bad, like, I don't like Matthew Boyd. I know people around baseball like, oh, look, he strikes out so many guys. Like, yeah, but he also gives up unbelievable amounts of home runs. So, sure, he does. But I, I think if he shows his elbows healthy, he'll he'll be on the way out. Sculp will be I,
0: on the way out. I don't know if they need it or not. I haven't checked, and we'll, we'll talk about him next week. But you know where you go uh, when you have your home run issues in a place San like San Francisco, that would yeah. be the perfect place yeah. for Matthew Boyd to go and be Kevin Gausman 2.0. Yeah,
1: that'd be that'd be a great fit. I you, you'd nail it, man. Go go tell what is it? Farhan Zidi, I believe is the GM of the Giants send him an email.
0: That's exactly who you want right there <laughs> and I'll just uh, just send back a case of beard and we'll be happy for the, the, the tip. But uh, Let's go West, shall let's, we? Let's let's go West, young man. Uh Oakland Athletics 44 and 28 still doing what they do Aren't they one they on way like a or another super
1: winning streak too? you have the
0: eight and two uh, eight in and their two? last ten. That's all that I'm seeing right here right now uh, but they have been uh, effective yeah
1: this is another this is another like parts like some better than the parts type of thing because another team that I don't quite understand I they their their pitchers trust their defense and they have a very good defense that's one of the best things they do they give up very few walks their starting pitchers are second lowest in baseball as far as giving up free passes, which is great. I love that. You don't want to give up free passes. Trust your defense. You have Matt Chapman. He's a defensive guru out there. you tying Jed Lowry, Elvis Andrews, Ramon Laureano. Those guys are like gold glove caliber defenders. So don't give up free passes. As far as injuries right now, their big one is Trevor Rosenthal. Remember, he's out for the year. Biscotti's
0: yep. hurt. But otherwise, they've stayed fairly healthy, which is good. Matt Olson is having a career year yes, he he, he's been good but he's been very good uh 301 average 379 on base percentage uh and uh where the rest of go? 607 slugging percentage 986 OPS he has uh what we at here 72 hits 35 of them are extra base uh, extra base hits 19 home runs in there among the league leaders in RBI and total bases. He's been everything you would want out of uh, any position of a player, but a true first uh, slugging first baseman that is becoming harder and harder to find. I think we think that at this point, you know, unless they crash, they, they have a very good chance to at least
1: get a wild card. Them and the Astros both looking like playoff teams. But I'm just going to throw this out there for you. Because if we're now starting to talk about them as a playoff team, you have to say, okay, well, now you get judged against the other playoff teams. I think we both agree they're probably worse than Houston, even though they're still ahead of them, right? Am I am I wrong in saying that we think that they're worse than Houston? It's going to depend on the pitching. Yeah. Uh,
0: Oakland's pitching has. Uh, I'm just looking again at the numbers for their their starters and who's doing well. Chris Bassett's been good. Sean manea has been very good. Uh, Cole Irvin is the the new guy uh, within this. Frankie Montes has been solid. Like they, it's it's there. Uh, overall star power. Yeah, Houston is the team that you'd expect to be better, but this. This reminds me too much of of the AL East, where the the team that you expect to be better, and then you're the team that actually is, and 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 Oakland is getting the job done. I, this is what I have for wrong. I know they're good, but I just have a
1: lot more questions about this team than Houston, the yep. White Sox, Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, or even like this is like a even to the. I know they have a much better record than this, but there is still as many questions on this team as I see like with the Yankees. I just have so
0: few faith in a lot of these guys staying healthy. They're streaky.
1: Yeah, extremely streaky and
0: so when what do they catch when they're in the playoffs that's a, do you get good A's or bad A's and they have so like I said they're staying healthy but 34 year old Jake Deeman 36 year old Yusmero
1: Petit I think is leading baseball and wins as a relief pitcher which is okay Sergio Aroma was 38 and we mentioned some of these guys being older and so yeah but like how long do these guys go for Mitch Moreland is 35 Jed Lowry is 37 and they're playing every day and i more power to you. Like, that's great. Go for it. But I just feel like we're going to have a stretch here again where Oakland loses like 15 of 20 and Houston gets ahead of them. And then do they write the ship again? Yeah, they've already done it once. So I they've made me look bad in the past. But I still have a lot of questions about Oakland going forward.
0: And this isn't a team that makes a lot of major moves uh, in midseason to, to improve. It's what you see is what you get or what's coming from AAA. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what makes you more likely to see – uh, Houston uh, be the team that eventually overtakes. And also, the, the thing is, may, they should be there now. If you take a look as we transition uh, to them, here's a team that has ripped off five in a row. They're also 8-2. Their uh, run differential is plus 102. It is the best in the American League. Uh, they are 41-28, and 28, so they're a three-game difference from Oakland, but when you look at it from those numbers, it's only a game and a half back, uh, but... They're very, very good. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's it's uh, exactly what you'd expect. The offense is is very good. Uh, the pitching has been, I think, better than anticipated. Yeah. Uh, if there's a team
1: that, I mean, looking at the stats, this is a team that's probably the best offense. We said it was Toronto, and Toronto doesn't have Springer, but right now, Oakland leads, or excuse me, Houston leads in average OBP, OPS, and runs scored. So they score a lot of runs. They're a good team. And like you said, the pitching where we said it was Zach Ranke and, like, some stuff, but Rikidi's been great. Fran Rivelda, since we remember there was talk, oh, he ain't going to pitch all year. He broke that finger. He's back and looking really solid. And then Luis Garcia has been this, like, out-of-nowheres guy and pitched great. Lance McCullers, Jake Odorizzi. So suddenly the pitching is, like, a depth thing, and it's working fine. Presley's been just as fine as he always is at the closer. They had their... Big injury of the week, though. Too Alex Bregman hit the aisle. Did you see that strained quads, so that looks like a, about a month. Tucker's in the COVID protocol. I don't know if he. It's. I think it might have been the shot. The second shot's tough. We've mentioned that a few times, but I, those guys will be back at some point, and they're going to keep going. The question to me with this team is, do they have?
0: Do they have the bullpen depth to keep it going? Because,
1: offensively. I, they're going to they need runs.
0: a late inning reliever. Yeah. Uh, strengthens this team. Is
1: that Justin Verlander? Do we see Justin Verlander? We don't talk Justin Verlander. Remember, he had his Tommy John surgery. I think in September of last year. So, at the end of the year, could you put
0: him in the bullpen if he's back? I don't know where we're at in his progress. I'm just throwing it out there. No, nothing would surprise me with him as the 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 way in which he's built, the way in which he pitches, and everything else. It's definitely possible. Uh, but this is a team that I see being one of the most aggressive for a late-inning reliever, and they don't need uh, a closer. They just need a late-inning reliever. The question becomes, how much money is there to spend with this team uh, since they're already very at the top there? Because the reason why I bring it up is the team that sounds like they're going to buy and sell is the Chicago Cubs, and Craig Kimbrell, huh? uh is on the uh, potential trading block and it's going to cost you more money than it is anything else if you're willing to uh, take care of him. He's back uh, healthy, and he's a a topsy-turvy. You don't know each year which uh, Kimbrel you're getting, but right now this year is is a good Kimbrel, and he would be an excellent fit back in that bullpen. Now, you don't need necessarily that level. You can go for something a little bit lower tier, but it's an intriguing one. Uh, A guy that's not topsy-turvy that doesn't get the credit for how good he is
1: was another guy that almost joined Toronto. I just think we don't mention Michael Brantley, just um, how amazing he is. 34 years old, hitting. 335. 335. He has not sniffed. He has had one year under 300 in the last. Oh, sorry, he had a 299 in there. Otherwise, he's had one year under 300 in the last seven years. That's amazing. And and this year we talk about right, averages down around baseball, right? Oh, we gotta drop the average. We gotta cut down to the sticky stuff. Michael Brantley at thirty four years old just keeps hitting and it's awesome. And Michael Brantley, you're great. If only the Brewers hadn't traded you away. I, I would be just so much happier. Are they winning? I
0: was gonna street you wanna walk uh, Milwaukee. The box, buck, the Bucks. Yeah. And that's uh eighty eight to eighty nine. Are they winning? Eight, uh, they're down by one point uh just under nine minutes left. Okay, to we gotta pound out this so I can see the last five minutes of this. So we gotta pound these last four teams out. What do we got here? Where are we at? So let's uh, get into the because we're also getting into the uh, uh, the pessimism side of this division as well. <laughs> Seattle Mariners. I, well, I should say that not that I'm going to give them credit for being a, 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 an intriguing 500 team. The young prospects are coming up. There's more that are coming up. Uh, they're 36 and 36. Uh, the offense has been the problem. 288 runs scored, 339 given up, uh, but they're still hanging around.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just have for what they're doing right, like. They found a way to be a competitive. They, they have been a competitive in a year where they probably shouldn't be. Right? We we thought this was going to be one of the teams that is really going to try to rebuild it, and they will. Like they're, they're doing it somewhat, but they're winning games at the same time, speaking keeping of, it interesting.
0: Speaking of center fielders, Mitch Hanniger will be the probably the best outfielder that's available uh, since they have uh, their next uh, outfield phenom uh, that's going to be there. Uh, like I said, it's the. There's just not enough offense here. There's still more pieces that they need to add, but there's some intriguing pieces that are here. Uh, I think this team's a year away from being a potential playoff contender. Yeah,
1: this is the worst offense in baseball. They're dead last in OBP. We have to mention Jerry Kalnick. Uh, we mentioned him when he got called up. The MLB debut literally couldn't have gone much worse. He was tracking to set a record for most consecutive hitless at-bats. When he got sent down back to AAA, it was an 096 average with a 185 on base and a 193 slugging for a total of a 14 WRC plus in 23 games. So he got sent back down. Now, uh, he'll be back. I saw people like, oh, well, you know, there's prospects. Like, it's really hard. Remember, he didn't play last season. so So, like, give the guy some slack here. I I have no doubt Jared Kellnick is going to be a very good player, possibly later this season. Like, I wouldn't expect him to be gone more than, like, August. I think he'll be just fine. So, If you're a a Mariners fan and you're worried about Jared Kellnick, don't like he's extremely good. You can look at the swing and see Bryce Harper there. Don't worry too much. The other guy that doesn't get the credit for how good he is, is you seen you say Kikuchi's numbers this year, pitching out of the bullpen, like pitching, like suddenly he's throwing 97 miles an hour. And last night I saw it was at
0: seven strikeouts and seven innings. Like Kikuchi has been great for them. They have like Marco Gonzalez. They find these guys that just uh, outperform expectations. Uh, and and they are a competitive team, uh, with a lot of a lot of promise and more that's coming. So it'll be intriguing to watch them as far as what to expect. It's more of just the who gets traded or who gets added to the team that way, and the minor leaguers coming up. I have four names again for you. You already mentioned Hanegers. so we think he's gone. Seeger? Yes, I think this year he gets moved. I think Seeger gets moved too. I agree with that one. I think there's also a, uh, a Wisconsin team that might be looking at that. That could be
1: int- that he'd be good for them actually. How about you mentioned Marco Gonzalez? What do we think? Stays or goes? I
0: think one of him or Kikuchi.
1: Him or Kikuchi, okay, so that's, one that was them. the other one. So I had Kikuchi, Flexin, and Marco Gonzalez, and I said, yeah, I think at least one of those gets traded. So
0: we're in agreement here. This is another team. Keep an eye out for as to who's going to get moved. Another 500 team, uh, the Los Angeles Angels, 35-35, and 35, which actually is a, a positive for them, the way they've been uh, going at it this year. Uh, and I suppose you can say, like some other team that I know is treading water, waiting for Mike Trout to come back, uh, this <laughs> is the... Uh, yeah. already at least had a 500 record uh, and has taken a historic season uh, from Otani to even yeah. just get them at that level. But this, I don't, I don't know what to say about this team. Like, uh, yeah. they're, they're the biggest question mark. Uh, you want them to be better. Uh, Anthony Rendon is still having challenges, which that's uh, not the surprising one. And he's hurt. Uh, no, he's back now. I see he's back. He just got back again, but yeah. But they They need pitching of any kind, but they don't have a a farm system that can go out and get it. So I I don't know what they're going to do to improve what they need to improve, but they are seven and three in their last ten games. We said this though.
1: Like they have known this. I was texting a friend of mine the other day. What who was the last ace that the Angels had? Like they have money for days. Jared Weaver? Like are we talking that long ago? Is there a good pitcher that you can like Ooh. Otani could be that at some point, but Dylan Bundy for 60 games last
0: year, sure. Now, we've seen Dilly Bundy is back to being Dylan Bundy, which is as serviceable I, I looked, like number three. I looked under the hood for his numbers there, and he's the ERA is worse than what like his ex-fip is. So I, I think yeah. the regression is going to come there, but he's not a a he's not a, uh, an ace. He's at number three or number yeah. four at best.
1: And and he's their ace, because then yeah. it's Heaney, who should be like a five is their two, and Kanig is like a three or four guy, five, and then Otani could be the ace. we said it a million times. And lately, he's pitching like the ace, and that's amazing, Great, You're unbelievable Shoei Otani. You're the all the accolades in the world, there. like, I don't know what even what to say anymore.
0: You're unbelievable. They're close enough to getting uh, to getting uh, Pujols off contract and uh, uh, Upton off contract where can you finally put that money into a decent starting pitcher?
1: That's what they should have, like we said all along. I think this was a team I said, Trevor Bauer, spend up. Like, you have a great team. Spend up. Get Trevor Bauer here. That would have fixed all your problems. Not all your problems, but it would yeah, have certainly helped, them. right? Like, it has been starting pitching for this team for a long time. They have a great offense. Like, Jared Walsh, like as good as yeah. Otani is, Like Jared Walsh is moving into superstar territory himself. Yep. So at that point, you have Otani, a healthy Pujols, Jared Walsh, Anthony Rendon, and Justin Upton is, like, revitalized this year, too. It's not that he's been bad, either. So this year, he's been, been better, for sure. Offense
0: is fine. You're set. Like, you just need some pitching. Do you uh, realize that they have only scored one run less than the White Sox? I did not, but I said they have a good yeah. offense. That's impressive. Uh, How many more runs have they given up? <laughs> 361. Yeah. Uh, so that is outside of Baltimore and Minnesota. They're the thir- uh, team that's getting the third most runs in the American League.
1: Okay. Last. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Guesses for Otani's current war this season.
0: We are at 3.5 four point five that's insane. four and a half at this, wins at, at, this, at stage, this point of the. we're not even season. halfway
1: no that's like a good year that's like an mvp quality year at this point but when you have just we had to mention this one more time shoyotani is currently has 15 doubles three triples 21 home runs also known as that was a quick math. 39 extra base hits 10 steals a 273 average that's
0: the batting the pitching where is the pitching well, from know. the batting I'll, while you get that up i'll just say this there is no pitch that he can't get to or hasn't hasn't ripped it out of the park, like things that you shouldn't be able to actually get uh, that much fly ball <laughs> territory on. He hits it out of the park. It's insane. Now are the pitching, so fifty three innings, he's started to figure out
1: how to get rid of the walks. It's down to twenty nine strikeouts and in fifty three innings. If that's what you're gonna get, then he's an ace, right? Like three and one. He has a two seven ERA with seventy three strikeouts and in fifty three innings. He is a top. 10-hitter in this game, like top 5-hitter in this game maybe, and a
0: top 20-pitcher in this game. That That's unbelievable. Which is why, uh, if, if it happens exactly as is, if Otani keeps this level up for the entire season and you have Vlad Jr. getting the Triple Crown, the only thing that would get them uh, there, uh, it would get uh, Vlad not the, the, the MVP is what Otani is doing. It's, it's absolutely insane. Uh, the last one, again, for the Angels, it's a matter of what what upgrades can they make, but with a limited farm system, we'll have to see if they can pull any rabbits out of the hat. Uh, Texas Rangers finish up our coverage here, 25-45, and 45, negative 66. Uh, they have a worse offense than the Seattle Mariners, which is saying something, and the pitching staff isn't that far off of what the Angels have given up. So there's not a lot to say for this team. Any positives you want to try to, to get out of this? I said they found some... E- they they didn't find
1: young players. They found some like young-ish players for a rebuild. They're older than you think. Like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is like twenty eight and he's okay, but you could trade him. Like Nate Wow, I get it right this time. You got it. Yeah, like started, remember, scorching hot, but it kind of cooled off. But
0: he, he can't found hit him high heat. The same That's thing with Nick
1: Solak. Like started scorching hot, kind of cooled off a bit here.
0: More Adoles optimistic Garcia. on
1: him than, uh, than yeah yeah. I'm like, I'm more optimistic on him. Adoles Garcia had like a stretch of greatness. Oh yeah. And now that's starting to cool off. I, I do think Adoles Garcia has, like, Randy Rosarena-ish, like, skills, like, where he could get 25-25, because 25. I still think that's, like, Rosarena, at his peak, is going to be like a 25-25 player. He's now one of four players in Major League Baseball with 10-10. and 10.
0: Yeah, so it's so, what I'm yeah.
1: tracking about, right? I think that that's, I think Adolis Garcia has that, but... I don't know if they're gonna like if he'll ever reach that level. So now's probably prime time to trade some of these guys. They don't have nearly enough pitching. It's Kyle Gibson and Kyle Gibson. And then uh every fifth day they throw Kyle Gibson out there and they have a chance to win that day. And then the other four days it's a tough struggle. And guess who's most likely to be traded? Yeah. As Kyle he should Gibson. be. They should they should, like. I, they knew they were going to another team. They knew they were going to be bad, right? Like they traded away Lance Lynn for a reason. Cause they're trying to rebuild. So you have to lose some games. We saw Houston be terrible for years and guess what? They're really good now. So here's my list of guys for them to trade. Joey Gallo. Did you see that yep. San Diego's rumored? Yep. I don't get that fit, but who knows? Nope. San Diego just likes to add great players. They, I think they at this just, point, they, just add they, they think it's yep. like a fantasy team or something. So Joey Gallo. Yeah. We think he's gone. Kyle Gibson. We think yep. he's gone. And I, Ian Kennedy, gone yes. right yep those are the
0: three I think they're all out of there so
1: expect them to be a trade popular trade team to talk about
0: I, I don't have anything as far as what to expect as far as like a, a positive they're in the in the early stages of a rebuild and right now they're they're shipping out anything that's not nailed down
1: enjoy the uh, new stadium
0: yes that's the positive that's enjoy that's your new it. stadium because now you get to spend time there this year we are going to uh, end on two uh, brief points. First, uh, a humble brag: uh, I've mentioned that Adam Duvall was my favorite uh, 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 low-tier signing with yeah, major impact. Yeah, yeah. Two home runs today. He's now at 16 home runs for the season, I think he's uh, got like 54 and four RBIs in too. the top five in NL and RBIs. Uh, that has been exactly the type of move that. Uh, that the Marlins have made consistently now for the last couple of years, going back to Corey Dickerson and Jesus Aguilar and now him. Mm-hmm. So props to the Marlins for getting that done. They still have to figure out their team, though. I i come. Kim Ong,
1: You're doing so good. Although you need to get Sixto Sanchez healthy. I just want to see him pitch again. Yes.
0: Finally, uh, just a brief note. We'll talk more next week with it, uh, but you're a fantasy team. You've been hit hard <sighs> by the injury bug more injury, like I mentioned, Josh Donaldson got hurt. Guess
1: what? I don't even have a backup because guess what? Max Muncy got hurt. So my current bench is uh, Luis Severino. He'll be cut tomorrow when I record it. I can't hold him anymore. I just physically cannot do it at this point. It's
0: not worth uh, the potential upset anymore. Harrison
1: I Supposedly. Oh, 10 days. Thank you, Mike Schilt. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be back in 10 days. Uh, we're now at two weeks. Mike Schilt. Oh, yeah. He's coming back soon. Yep. Nope. Can't wait anymore because I still got trout. Seeker's going out on a rehab assignment, I think. So my offense has been... It's been rough the last few weeks, but here's what I'll say. I am at, like, 92 points still. Now, when you're talking about – I'm throwing out a lot of lineups a lot of times that have, like, John Birdie. And John Birdie, fine player, like, but I shouldn't have to rely not on for, him for – Not for fantasy for like For, like, what I need from what, some of these guys. So I, I'm still only, I think, like, 10 points out of, like, second. And I think there's, like, a 15-point gap now between me and first. But not to the point where I feel like I'm dead. Right. I get Third, my trout- fourth. Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in fifth. Okay. I'm in fifth right That's now. I was so, wondering if about that point. So I think there's, there's a gap. I said, it's like I'm at about 92 and I think fourth is like a hundred roughly. I think there's like a team of a roughly a hundred to 105. And think, then, I mean, just think of trout, Seeger, Muncie. So I was looking at this the other day with my dad and I was like 15 runs out of being five points more. And I was just thinking, like, can you imagine if I had Mike Trout and Corey Seager? You, even if they had done just average, they have 25 runs probably in the times that they've missed. And I think I was like four home runs behind it. And when you're just not, I just, you can't fill those guys in, right? This isn't like my back end of my lineup, guys. These are top end guys. And I did okay for a while. The other problem your, was... Your I,
0: pitching staff has been able to carry you enough to also give you confidence that when you get these guys back, you can go on a run. Yeah, the the other problem was I was losing saves cuz
1: Chapman yes. like they weren't getting any saves for the Yankees. I said the Royals lost a bajillion games in a row and Fire Eyes and the the Rays started doing their rotation thing which is better for them but doesn't help me any cuz suddenly Castillo and Fairbanks are back in. So I had, went like a stretch of I think almost 2 weeks without a save. Chapman's got a couple in a row here, so, which is nice, but 90-ish points is fine. you you, you got to be within striking distance.
0: Like you said, you can get on a run. We'll, we'll see where I'm at next week. So next week we'll cover the uh, Nat, uh, State of the Union for the National League of where things stand, where things heading. And, again, we'll drop in our, our, our notes and comments on where we think uh, potential trade candidates are to keep that in mind as we inch our way closer to that hot stove season and the trading deadline. All that coming up next. We'll see you next week.